Hey guys, it's another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Pinkham. You can find me on all social media platforms at Lee Pinkham. And now you can find the Find You Fitness Podcast on Instagram at Find You Fitness Podcast. I've got a fun one for you guys today. There's there's a lot of info out there on how to maximize your warm-up routine. Uh, it seems like every other person is saying that you should foam roll or that you shouldn't, that you should hop on the treadmill, and some say you shouldn't do that. So we're going to get into all of that, and I'm going to hopefully help you find some or have some better insight on how to add more value to your warm-ups in general. In podcast news, as far as for the podcast, remember that I still have some stickers left if you'd like some. Uh, shoot me a DM if you'd want one. And... Yeah, that's pretty much it. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode today and have fun. Don't find a fault, find a remedy. Anybody can complain. You know, that that quote, it really doesn't have too much to do with today's topic, but I think it's a great one. So I, so I said it anyways. Uh, we, we live in a beautiful world, guys. I went through a phase in life where I complained a lot. And it's not honestly not too long ago. And my girlfriend and I, we we both did about our old jobs, really. And it, it kind of made our lives toxic for a little bit there. You know, we we fueled each other with it. We, way more negativity than any than positivity. Um, eventually, I I got to a point where I was like, you know what? If I'm not gonna if I'm not doing anything about a work problem except for complaining, I must not care enough about it to fix it, right? Uh, because if I if I did care enough, I would have fixed this by now. And, and I got fed up with myself, and and that change in approach it, it really helped me curb you know that complaining and all that kind of thing. And it it kind of set me up for a lot of what my mindset is today. And and it carries over into the gym, of course it does. But uh, you know, I kind of got to a point. Well, you know, I have a situation in front of me. Can I do something about it? Yes or no. There is a yes or no answer to that question. If I can, then either do something about it or stop complaining. And if I can't do anything about it, then why am I going to complain about it in the first place? So let's uh, let's get into warm ups. I know that's kind of a, a, a weird start to this episode, but I, I don't I don't have anybody telling me what to do. I do what I want. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully you're okay with that. Uh, and I guess it doesn't matter if you are or you are not because I'm going to do it <laughs> anyways. But let's talk about warming up. And there's so many different styles to warming up. Um, you know, who who really does warm up? If you do now, um, some of you don't. And I, you know, I'm not going to lie. I used to not warm up at all. I would hop right into it. I'd, or You know what? I actually, I would. I would. But sometimes I would maybe go crazy. I'd reach and touch my toes for 15 seconds. And then I'd go uh, get warmed up on the bench press. <laughs> so... Uh, if I did, if I did do some like a true warm up, I guess I, I maybe I would hop on the bike. I'd pull up like a Max Tuning or a Christian Guzman video. Um, talk about two of the most influential YouTubers for me uh, when I first got into fitness is, is Max and Christian. Um, I was all about Christian Guzman when he. I mean, I fo- started following him, and if you don't know who he is, he's like a fitness YouTuber dude. Uh, you know, really good looking. Uh, if you've heard of Alpha Elite Clothing, that's his that's his clothing line. Um, but I started following him when I got into like bodybuilding and you know, buy all the shirts. I still have some just because, you know, why not? But um, I got so into him and 
I've followed him, you know, before he was really even super big. He maybe had like a hundred thousand subscribers or something like that on YouTube. Um, but it, once I stumbled over, over max tuning, I, I started to keep up with him way more. And I, I still do. And I still keep up with both of them to this day. Uh, but if, if they didn't have a video up back in the day, uh, I probably wasn't on the bike. So sometimes if they had a video up, I hadn't seen it. I'd go sit on the bike and pedal and watch them for 15 minutes. Um, but once I discovered the foam roller, okay, I had to be careful. I could lay on that thing for 10 to 15 minutes scrolling mindlessly through Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever and, and not even realize it. And, and I can't tell you how many times uh, maybe like, you know, playing uh, pickup soccer or something like that, club soccer in college where I just jumped right into it. You know, it might have been 35 degrees outside, but we had practice and I was running 10 minutes late and just jump right on the field, start playing soccer. Uh, uh, you can get away with that when you're in your early twenties and in your teens and all that kind of stuff. But as you get older, uh, a proper emphasis on, on a good warmup is, is actually really important. Um, but more often than not, you know, the skipping the warmup thing for me, it was just pure laziness. I I just didn't feel like warming up. Uh, it's boring or you don't know exactly what you want to do. That's not really good. Uh, so, so don't be like me. Maybe that's you right now. I would go ahead and tell you to stop doing that right now. Um, and you can listen to me or you can just let me go in one ear and out the other, but I would definitely say you should at least get a good warm up in. And hopefully everything I tell you about today is going to help you, you know, find an answer to well, what should I do for a warm up then? So once I started wondering, and this is really when it started changing, uh, once I really started wondering how I could maximize my fitness and, and my gains with the Z, uh, I started to research how I could get the most out of my warmups. So I would hear a ton of different opinions about it uh, on what worked for my friends who were in the gym and what they like to do. Um, but I wanted to maximize it. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's ever mastered. You know, my warm up is always being tweaked and adjusted to meet whatever my goals are. You know, when I did neglect warming up for a while, I was really just being lazy. You know what that is. The I, I just don't have time excuse. And, and you guys know how I feel about that one. If we don't have time, we have to make time. And I know that sounds cliche, but if, if we don't actually have time, then reduce your workout by a set or two to get that warm-up in. That's how important it is. I, it'll benefit you in the long run, I promise. One thing I did learn kind of early on was doing was how doing static stretching before your workout isn't really doing you any good. It, it's everything we did as a kid playing sports. We, we circled up and we counted off to 10 or 20 as we ran through all of these static stretches. When I started coaching high school soccer, <clears throat> I realized how bad that actually was. When we focused on dynamic movements to warm up, we looked so much better as a team. Maybe it was just in my head, but it definitely helped. And, and we really didn't have a whole lot of injuries. Um, but these, these kids were so used to uh, getting in a circle and stretching for 10 to 20 seconds. And I know they, that's pretty much the the uh culture that's the way it is now um and and, and you see teams nowadays they, they incorporate more dynamic movements into that and then you know kind of stretch whatever you need if you feel like something's a little tight and needs to loosen up whatever uh but uh i just I, I found that being a huge change for for my team and what actually works and then you kind of see the culture and how it's built around static stretching and uh it's kind of crazy how that actually works so if you don't know what static stretching is, it, it, it's basically holding a stretch for like more than 10 seconds. Some people say more than 15, more than 20, just say more than 10, whatever. Uh, the, the reason why this isn't ideal though is because when, when we stretch for that long, we're lengthening tissue. 
And and while that is good, we're we're then going into a big powerful movement that that doesn't have strength in that new range of motion that you just created, and that can cause injury. So dynamic stretching, on the other hand, is is better to do pre workout and and warm up as we're preparing you for the movements that you're about to see. So a good rule of thumb with dynamic movements is to make them mimic whatever you're about to do in a workout. So if you're running on a treadmill for the workout, you know, butt kickers, high knees, toe touches, this would be a great warm up thing, warm up to do for that. Now, what I've realized that works very well, especially if you're interested in improving your weaknesses, is to make that your focus of your warm up. Uh, typically, but not always, weaknesses and imbalances are related. So I like to take that warm-up, regardless of the exact movements I'm doing in, in my workout for the day, and use that to address my weaknesses. So, for example, for me, every, every day, the two things I struggle with are, are my full body weight squat, my full range of motion squat, and uh, my thoracic extension. So uh, basically my shoulders and you know, my thoracic mobility and my shoulder mobility. So I like to take the warm-up and I, I prime my squat. And I specifically am activating like my lateral rotators with banded side steps and then some air squats. And then I'm priming my shoulders and that T-spine to make sure they can get in and hold good positions throughout training. You know, recently I've been foam rolling a lot more uh, before my workouts. But when I really think about it, it's it, it's actually kind of like a warm up to the warm up for me. Um, I... I may hit my adductors on the foam roller. I usually do, actually, because it, it, my adductors are, are like notoriously tight. Um, but then I'll take that and I'll move right into some like Kozak squats, some side squats or lunges or whatever you want to call them. Um, I, I'm not entirely against foam rolling as a warm up, but I definitely think it's smarter to have some sort of active warm up before uh, your workout instead of just laying on the foam roller and then getting right into it, if that makes any sense. Um, so, Basically, you know, I, I do CrossFit now. So basically, if I'm taking a class, my workout literally looks like this. I go and I probably hop on the foam roller for a few minutes. And then I do some sort of active warm up that's addressing my weaknesses. And then I do the class in which we have a warm up for the class. And the class's warm up is, is going to be geared towards the movements for the day, but it's typically a little bit more general. It's not going to, uh, uh, directly address what I need uh, to work on. So I basically do a warm up to the warm up to the warm up and then the workout. Um, but I also found that's when I'm that's what helps me move most effectively and the best that I can. And when you move greatly, when you move well, um, I should say, uh, before you do you put it into these you know difficult movements, you know, the more you're going to get out of your workout. So as for that foam roller for as a whole, I, I am a fan of it. I, I like to use the foam roller. Um, but the trick for the foam roller is, and this is something I see a lot, is, uh, is, is not to get on it and vigorously roll back and forth on it. Um, that's as worthless as it gets. Instead, take several minutes to focus on some real tight spots that you may have. Two of my favorite ways to use the roller is to use it on my adductors, like I said, and, and it's inside of my thighs, if you didn't know what that is, and my lats, okay, my, my back, my big back muscles. I, I hit the lats by laying sideways, and, and I roll the roller underneath my armpit and go down. Uh, these, these are notoriously tight, so I, I try to make sure to set aside, you know, several minutes post-workout as well and just hang on these rollers um, in, in these spots. It's a great way to cool down, and basically, I'll keep it on my lats and for three to four minutes per side. Focus on deep breathing through my belly and try to really relax while doing it. 
And if I find a spot that's really tight and tense, I don't like roll over it fast back and forth. I just kind of hang out in that spot and you just kind of suffer through it. You take some big breaths um, and uh, the knot goes away or the tightness kind of goes away a little bit and uh, you move to another spot. Um, Another great tool, uh, it's not a foam roller, but it's a tool for myofascial release or lacrosse balls. Uh, I have, I have three or four of me at all times. And if you ever need one and you see me just ask, cause I, I guarantee you if I have my gym bag, I have a lacrosse ball. Um, but, uh, I have, I have actually like three or four lacrosse balls and I actually have a big ball. I can't, a mobility, I think it's called like a, uh, I can't remember, but it's by Kelly star. It's a big blue ball. It's, uh, it's pretty freaking awesome. I use it on my pecs a lot. Um, when I'm warming up. Uh, and, and then that's usually where I use the lacrosse balls, but it helps you get into like different little pesky areas that you can't really get with like a traditional foam roller. So, um, these are areas like the chest and, uh, you're really, when you're trying to get the chest, you're really going for that like pec minor, which is underneath your pec muscle, the big one on the front, your pec major, it's kind of under the pec minor is actually underneath it. And it kind of attaches up into, uh, the corner of your shoulder. Um, and so, and, and that muscle right there is a high contributor in like a forward posture posture look. Um, their chest is typically really tight. Uh, and so that's one thing I like to release on mine. My shoulder positioning is not the best, uh, especially when I do overhead movements. So I try to really drill my shoulder or drill my pec minor a lot. And then I worked on some active movements for my shoulders to really try to open them up and my thoracic extension as well. Um and that's, and that's another place I'll use the ball is on those posterior shoulders, uh, the back of my shoulders or, you know, my T-spine. And if you have the, uh, it's called like a peanut, it's uh, basically two lacrosse balls um, kind of glued together. And you put that in the back and it gets right on both sides of the vertebrae or the vertebra. And, and you kind of move up and down nice and slow. That's one of my favorite ones to do as well. Uh, and then I'll also take the lacrosse ball, use it for something like uh, my QL, which is um, lower back and to the right and to the left a little bit. Uh, that's an area that gets pretty pesky. It uh, gets pretty bothered, I guess, uh, by when we don't have a very great connection to our core and we're using that muscle to do a rotation and stuff instead of uh, the correct muscles we're supposed to use. And then another place, this is probably the biggest place I recommend the, the lacrosse ball for, is for your foot. I, you know, I have a lot of people that I've trained over the years deal with uh, plantar fasciitis and for not in every case, but for the most case that plantar fasciitis, if you just break down the word fasciitis, itis is inflammation and fascia is the sheet that kind of covers, um, our body, so to speak. So that fascia is getting irritated. It's inflamed. And basically what it is, is kind of cramping up. So if you know anyone with plantar fasciitis, most of the time what's happening is, and you probably have heard them complain about it, but they'll wake up in the middle of the night and their foot is basically curled uh, forward and it's cramping. And what it is is that fascia on the sole of your foot is just cramping up so much and it wakes you up and it, it's just basically like a really, really bad cramp. I mean, imagine flexing your bicep as hard as you can. That muscle is just going to keep contracting like that. Sort of the similar uh, sort of feeling that you get. Um, and, uh, you know, they come out with all these orthotics and all this crap. And, and I was like, dude, just stand on a lacrosse ball and, and it, it's going to hurt. But do that for, you know, three to five minutes every day. I guarantee you it gets better. Um, and uh, so I don't know how I even got on that rant, but <laughs> it's uh, it's good for that. Lax balls are great. Uh, I have that bigger mobility wide ball. I absolutely love it. Um, it's like three times bigger than the traditional lax ball. Uh, but. I often get asked if a tennis ball will do the trick. 
um, since you're more likely to have one of those lying around the house than a, a lacrosse ball. Uh, but 95% of you, it's, it's probably not going to be enough pressure unless you're like really, really tight, uh, like really, really, really tight, um, or have like fragile skin, maybe you're older. Uh, it's probably just not enough to really do the trick. Um, but when, when it comes to the warm up, you know, the whole point of the warm up is really to prime the nervous system to get ready for exercise. So it, it sounds kind of wonky, but priming the nervous system is your golden ticket to having an efficient workout. It's kind of like preparing for preparing to race for like a 5K. Is it smart for you to be running for the first time right when the race starts? Or is it, or is it smart for you to not run the race until after a little bit of a warm-up? I know what goes through most people's heads, and, and even mine, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I won't lie to you guys. But I've, the thought that if you run to warm up, you're going to waste the energy that you could use for the race. <laughs> in theory, in your head, it sounds right. But even just saying that, it sounds so stupid. Why would I not just take even two minutes to run up and down the street just to kind of get my body primed and ready to go for this? Um, and so it's, it is the exact opposite from the truth. But it, it, it does depend on your aerobic capacity. Maybe if you're very, very deconditioned, It'll impact your race, but if you are really deconditioned like that, then you're likely not going to be racing competitively. Um, you're likely not going to be able to run the whole race without stopping. Um, so you could probably just warm up anyways because you can benefit just from that in itself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's also okay to sweat during your warm-up. Now, more often than not, I do. I, I usually like am... I've worked up a good sweat. I might even be breathing hard at this point. Um, the negative connotation of not taking the warm up too seriously or too hard because you don't want to waste energy or strength for the workout. Hopefully that's going to go away within the next decade or so. I, I really, really hope so. And, and, and another thing is warming up is, is going to help reduce the likelihood of injury too. That, that should go without saying, uh, I'm sure that's ingrained in everyone's brain by now, but it definitely helps you stay injury free. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, the older you get, uh, the more uh, seriously you need to take your warm up. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I mentioned this in a previous episode before, and so it, it's this concept uh, when it comes to your mobility. To uh, it, it's an expression, I guess. Um, open, activate, integrate. When it comes to your workouts, uh, it, it's such a great concept to live by, guys. Uh, open that range of motion. Activate it with a specific mobility exercise and then integrate it into the desired movement, like the barbell squat or deadlift or whatever it may be. I heard it first from Dr. Jacob Harden. He's a chiropractor and he's very popular on Instagram in particular. Uh, he does a lot of movement uh, exercises and uh, prehab kind of stuff. Uh, I live by that motto ever since he told me that. Uh, I It's it's a easy way to remember it. And, you know, let's say... We're warming up for, uh, let's say, overhead press, um, where you need to be able to press the bar over your head. Well, you want to open the range of motion. So <clears throat> you want to activate it with a specific mobility exercise. So you want to make sure your shoulders and your t thoracic spine can move through what it requires to move for, for an overhead press. <clears throat> so you could be doing exercises like, or you could be opening up, maybe releasing the pec minors beforehand. Uh, so your chest, so you're not so rolled forward and then doing some active movement, maybe like some, uh, cat cow to really work on thoracic extension. And then you want to integrate it into movement. 
So uh, hopefully that new pattern you taught your body, and now you're saying, okay, now we're going to load it with a barbell now that you have that range of motion, and now you can do that movement. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Find You Fitness Podcast. I hope you guys were able to pull something out of this week's episode. Um, you know, If anything, just do something for a warm-up. <laughs> uh, just get in there and move. It doesn't have to be something super particular. Now, if you are interested in that, uh, then definitely take light of what I said towards the end of the episode of the Open Activate Integrate concept uh, by Dr. Jacob Harden. Um, you know, open the range of motion, activate it through movement, maybe you know some specific mobility exercise for it, and then integrate it into the desired movement. That's going to be the biggest key. Uh, to you seeing, you know, uh, improvements and maybe something like a deep body weight squat or improved hip mobility or ankle dorsiflexion or shoulder mobility, whatever the case, wherever you may be struggling. Um, that is going to be the concept that you need to live by. Uh, is there a best warm up? No, it's always being changed. Mine's always being changed. There is no best answer. Um, but just do something if, if anything. So, Please, guys, take 30 seconds, leave the show a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. If you leave it a five-star review, is it helps people find the show. It helps them hear about the show. It just promotes the podcast out there. Uh, but that's only going to be able to happen if you leave the show a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You don't even have to leave it a comment. Just click five stars, submit, boom, you're done. It takes two seconds. Uh, it, I say 30. It really takes two. Um, but until next time, guys, love and appreciate you all. Uh, have a great rest of your week.